Welcome, foolish creatures, to another episode of Hill City Paranormal. You'll hear spooky calls from our haunted hotline. Stories plucked from another dimension with tales from the beyond. Oddities galore in news from the beyond. And haunting interviews with your ghost host, Woody G. Watts. Welcome to Hill City Paranormal. <laughs> Today, I am talking with a friend of a friend. If you remember a while back, we interviewed the amazing, lovely Jerry uh, from Valkyrie Paranormal. And today, I am talking with a friend of hers. And I feel like we've all been friends for years and years. But it's Andrea from Valkyrie Paranormal in Oklahoma. Hi, Woody. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> doing great. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, gosh, of course. Any friend of Jerry's is a friend of ours. So it is an automatic ticket onto the podcast. Awesome. Well, Andrew, you you have some interesting one. We've kind of talked back and forth for a while about having you on about some of your stories, because mm-hmm. I have heard you have some fantastic stories in your paranormal adventures. Yes, actually, very personal experiences. And and lucky me, I had witnesses along with it. So um, I can collaborate with that. Oh, gosh, (laughs) I can't. I can't wait. Happened. Yeah. Um, My paranormal is more of a um, uh, from a medium aspect growing up as a medium, trying to learn what the heck these gifts are and where the heck they're coming from. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of um, education that had to happen on my part. Um, started when I was five, I came downstairs. This is what my parents told me. Of course, I don't remember a darn thing from when I was five years old, but, uh, came downstairs and said, Hey, mom and dad, I got people in my room. I could see in the dark and see the faces kind of floating around in front of me. And I could describe what they look like. And I, I really had no idea who these people were. They were just there. And my mom, she's very open to this stuff. She goes, oh, honey, that's okay. They're just there to protect you. um, And they're watching over you. And I went, oh, okay, cool. And I went back to bed. So that's kind of been my approach for my entire life. I have looked at it as if they're not here to harm me. Uh, They're just around me. It's just a thing. So I learned to accept the fact that if I have strange things happen, it's just everybody has this happen, right? It happens to mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> so my dad and I uh, started practicing with uh, a deck of cards. Um, he wanted to see how intuitive I was. You know, I think I was around the age of 16 at this time. And I thought, okay, just for grins and giggles, I'll give it a go. And he'd sit across the table from me. We'd pull out the face cards and just work with the numbers. And I started hitting nine out of 10, correct. And I was going, okay. That's when I backed up from the table and went, whoa, whoa, I can't handle this right now. I'm not ready for this. And it freaked me out. So I got scared and kind of shut it down. Well, tried to. You can't really shut that down. (laughs) It just happens. So the next event was when I was in high school and we were really, this, mind you, this is back in 1986, 85, 86 timeframe. And we're really into the CBs and the friends who had CBs. So we were all hanging out in the mountains in Washington at a bonfire. And it was, it was just, you know, hanging out, partying, and then we're getting ready to go home. And my girlfriend says, I got to get going. I'm going to be late to get home. And her boyfriend got his truck and we got in her car and followed him down the mountain. Well, keep in mind, these are big, you know, windy, very narrow roads. And she gets on the CB and goes, ah, I forgot my watch. I don't even know what time it is. My clock on my radio is not working. And she picks up the CB and she says, Hey, let's just call him Joe. 
Yeah. What time is it? I'm going to be late. I'm going to get in trouble with my parents. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I know he's on a windy road. Uh, this isn't good. Why would you want him to grab the radio while he's driving? But and then I had this flash of an event happening in front of me of his truck rolling over three times and then facing the opposite direction on the inside ditch, thank God, because the outside ditch went 40 feet drop. Um, And I thought, okay, well, that was just weird. And here we are driving again. We can't see his car. He left a few minutes ahead of us. So we're looking, and as we're driving down the mountain, we're going real slow making sure we're hitting the curves not too fast. And then there's a log in the road, you know, one of those chopped logs from mm-hmm. the fire. Yeah. And I went, oh, my God, there it is. Pull over. I started yelling at her, pull the hell over. I used different words. <laughs> but <laughs> I said, you got to pull over, pull over. She's like, why? What for? And I said, just do it. Screaming at the top of her lungs. And she goes, okay, I'm pulling over. So she pulled over real quick. And I ran across the road right from where we had stopped. So she stopped perfectly in time. Yeah. Ran across the road, looked inside the ditch. This is on the inside of the mountain, not the outside cliff. And there's his truck in the ditch upside down and he's crawling out of it. Oh my gosh. And we couldn't, we could not see it from the road. She couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. She goes, what the hell? how the hell did you know that? And I said, um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's okay right now. He's fine. Let's just get him in the car and take him home. Hope, you know, check him over, make sure he's okay. And he seemed to be fine. Yeah. But that freaked her out. And her name was Nicole. And a high school friend, I still keep in touch with her occasionally. But that... That freaked her out to no end. She's like, well, how did, how did you know? I said, I saw it. She goes, what do you mean? We couldn't see it. He wasn't, we couldn't see him. I went, mm, I don't know how to explain this. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. I just oh my kinda, gosh. Yeah. Kind of let what, it go what, for a minute. All right. What, like, what were you thinking? I know you said that you, you saw it and you saw it mm-hmm. kind of before, but like, as mm-hmm. you were pulling up, like, did you... Just did you knew. already know, like when you were looking over the hill, did you know what you were going to see again? Like you like, I've already seen this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I already knew. I knew exactly which direction his truck was facing. I knew everything about where it was, exactly where it was. That's why I ran over to the ditch and looked straight down. Mm-hmm. He's in it. Um, that was my first, what, precognitive, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. event um, that was real time. Um, I tend to have these all the time, but I don't tell anybody about them because, um, it doesn't help. It's going to happen anyways. I noticed you can't change the future, especially when it happens within five minutes, you're not going to be able to change it. Uh, the next event was when I was a senior in high school, I was staying over to girlfriend's house and then we're going to drive to school together the next day. And I was, I was getting up in the morning. I'm like, you know, I had the weirdest dream. I was standing on the street and I think it was this street. And I named the street out uh, that's really close to our high school. And I said, it, it's that four way light. And she goes, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I said, I saw a blue car with the driver's side door dented in and it was facing into the oncoming traffic like it had been spun around. Um, I don't know whose car it is. doesn't make any sense to me. And she goes, okay, well, whatever. So we went to school and we had this group of about 10 or 15 of us. We'd meet every morning in the common area and just chat and catch up for the day and then go to our first classes. Mm-hmm. And as we're sitting there, I was explaining to one of the other girls, I said, you know, I had a weird dream. It's very vivid. Uh, there's this blue car and it had a driver's side door smashed in and and I don't I don't know whose car it is and right across from the table my friend Mark goes, What'd you say? I went, um 
uh, you know, driver's side car smashed, smashed in the door. Somebody hit him going through a stoplight and it was facing the opposite direction. She, he goes, oh, my God, that just happened this morning. Mm. I went, oh, mm. <laughs> OK, OK, oh, cool. I'm glad you're OK, you know, because I didn't sense anyone was injured with it. Um, so, again. Kind of freaked me out. Didn't know what to think of it. Didn't know how to handle it. I mean, I was only 17 years old. What am I going to Sure. Yeah. How do you accept something like that? You just oh kind gosh, of blow you... it off. As... <laughs> yeah. Like, like how, I'm trying to even wrap my head around like what, you know, because mm. there's a difference in like getting a question right on a quiz <laughs> and then, right. and you then... know, and then you actually seeing things and then actually having confirmation Mm-hmm. That they happen. That, yeah, very instantly. Um, and then we move forward in time a little bit, and I'm 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 waking up from another very vivid dream. I call them lucid dreams because you feel like you're there. And I know people who are listening to this right now and experience these things know exactly what I'm talking about. You mm-hmm. feel as if it's an alternate reality. And I, I woke up from a dream and this, what I call my previous life husband, we're no longer together. Yep. Yep. I I woke up, I went, Oh my gosh, I just had this really vivid dream about your mother in the hallway of her apartment in Colorado. She tripped on her rugs in her hallway when she was getting up to go get ready for work in the morning. And it was dark in the hallway, but I could see everything very clearly and I see how she's leaning up against the wall, has her hand up against the wall, and she's grabbing her left big toe. I went, she's going to break her big toe. But I didn't tell him, which I think I did tell him which one. I said, don't don't tell her which one, because I, I want to see if it happens. Mm-hmm. Just tell her to be careful on the rugs. That's all. Don't tell her anything more because I just want her to be careful. He actually even told her, remove the rugs from your hallway. You don't need the rugs in your hallway, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She didn't do it. And then again, three days later, she broke her big toe on her left foot on the rugs in the hallway. And I went, Oh, holy shoot. Now I'm time traveling forward. (laughs) I'm going, where the heck is this coming from? So it's these things that you're haunted by these images. It really is kind of unnerving and there's Mm. not much you can do about it because you can't change it. So that was, that was another one. So uh, eventually it got to the point where it started expanding into different things. Um, As you know, or I don't know if Jerry told you, shared much about me or whatever, but I'm a retired military. I've served 20 years in the Air Force and retired. Mm-hmm. Um, while you're in the Air Force, you kind of can't talk about this stuff because it's, they'll commit you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah not, they, it's not accepted. Yeah. yeah. It's just not an open discussion you can have. It, right. Who's going to say, you know, I hear and see things um, just, it's it's normal for me. It's been happening all my life, but you know I can't I can't share that. So you got to conform, be normal, <laughs> as you would say. <laughs> um, not as they say, touched, uh, which is what <laughs> I, I like to use. Yeah. Um, and I did have another event happen while I was in the military, and I had just been in the military for about three years, and I was a senior airman working in what they called the commander support staff. And this is the office that pretty much supports everything the commander does. Award ceremonies, um, handing out decorations, making sure award packages are submitted, you know, all those paperwork stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep some personnel files. So I, I really liked my job and uh, I was there. It was early morning and this was in a school house, at Shepherd Air Force Base in Wichita Falls. Texas. I know some people might be very familiar with it. Uh, it's all the tech training for medical and jet uh, re- 
propulsion and hydraulics and everything is on that. And pharmacy, oh, name it, it's there. Um, so I was working at the medical training squadron. I wasn't medical. I was administrator. I could go anywhere. And I'm sitting up for the, bre- for the, for the rest of the day, and it's quiet because half the staff is not there. It's holiday season. Meets me and the first sergeant. And um, the first sergeant, as you know, is an individual who provides counseling and um, guidance to all of the personnel within the squadron. He kind of is the main connection between the pulse of the enlisted to the officers and the commanders. So he keeps the health of the of the, all the flights pretty much in check. He knows mm-hmm. who needs mm-hmm. assistance with financials or who's having a divorce. He knows all that. Yeah. So it's a very stressful job for him. He was in there and he happened to have one of the students who's a very young airman uh, in his office. And I, I didn't know he, she comes walking out and she goes, and she was finished with her conversation with him. She asked to borrow a pen so she could send a fax. I know, right. We don't do that much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what, what is <laughs> this you fax you speak of? What is, what is that? Yeah. There's, there's, this is way back. I'm really old. Yeah. It was 1995. I remember it yes. to the day because this is another thing that I started picking up and I had no idea what it was. But anyway, I'll get to it. Um, she borrows a pen. She takes care of her business and puts the pen back up on the front counter. And she leaves it there for a few minutes and, I, I, and, and then she departs. I go over, pick up the pen. And mind you, it's just a plastic Air Force black pen. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yep. Um, and it shocks me. Like 110 volts of electricity really? goes up my arm. I can feel the energy traveling up my arm to my shoulder. And I dropped the pen and said a very big cuss word and went, <laughs> what the hell was that? And I'm staring at my hand. I'm staring at the pen on the floor. And I'm in a daze. Uh, I'm I'm just stumped. I'm like, what the hell? How could a pen? And then I said, what the hell was this? And I went and I got an answer. It just flooded right into my head. Get her back. Get her back in here now. She's not telling him everything. And I went, what the hell? Mm, <laughs> More oh words? No. Now I'm hearing words. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, okay. Okay. I trust that. I'm going to go with it. It was pretty darn strong. That you, you don't get shocked by pens, just do what it says, okay? Yeah. So I go to the first sergeant and I said, Okay, um, trust me here for a second. That girl you just had in here, he goes, Uh huh. I said, You need to get her back in here right now. He says, Well, how come? I just got done talking to her. I said, No, 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 trust me. There's something else she needs to tell you. It's very important. Uh, and I'll explain later why or how I know this. Because she didn't say anything to me when she was out in the office. And he, he could hear it from his office. All she asked me for was a pen. And he says, okay, I'll go get her. So he went and got her, got her back into his office. They were behind the doors again for another half an hour. And I went, what the hell is going on? And I'm pacing back and forth wondering what, the, what, what is he going to, what she can say. Mm-hmm. Um, he opens up the door and she walks out and she's looking kind of emotional, a little distraught, wringing her hands. And I went, okay, I wait for her to exit. I walk over to his office. I went, so what was it? I mean, can you share even? I mean, it's kind of personal, I'm sure. He goes, okay, this is, yeah, he says, I can share it with you, obviously, because you knew something. She's separated from her husband. Her husband is not military. He's civilian. He lives off base. She's on base, but um, he's threatening to kill her. Oh. And I holy moly. I, he says, so what we're going to do is we're going to put a restraining order on him so he can't come on the base. Yeah. I went, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> oh. I went, uh, got goosebumps all over, and I went, Oh, okay. He goes, how did you know? How did you know she needed this? And I said, um, I explain this without being too 
I said, do you believe in intuitive people knowing things, you know, sensing things? And he goes, oh, yeah, I absolutely do. My aunt is gifted with this stuff. And I went, oh, okay. All right. You know, safe ground. I could mention yeah. it. You could talk <laughs> now. You can. <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah. I can say something because he's into it. It's like, okay, yeah. he's not going to get me committed. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, uh, just go ahead, spit it out. I said, okay, fine. And I told him what happened. He goes, oh my God. I said, I don't know what, is, I don't know what this is. Uh, I said, I don't know why it happened. It just happened and it is what it is. So, can we just move on? He goes, sure. <laughs> he was looking at me differently. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. But it saved the girl's life. So exactly. I was pretty happy about that. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Did, they didn't did you tell have, you it was going to be a weird, weird conversation. Uh, <laughs> did, did she ever, like, I guess, did she ever catch any hint? that you had this feeling and told him to get her? Did, no. did she ever know after no. that? Or she, walk, she walked no. out of there not, not ever knowing? Okay. Right. Wow. I, I, I didn't want him to tell her about that. Um, what he did was he just called her back in saying, I have a feeling that yeah. you're not telling me everything. So I, I like to remain anonymous when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, not it's not my end goal is to be known for anything like this. If it saves somebody's life or if it helps somebody in some way to get over some struggle, that's their path that was guided by a higher power. That's all mm-hmm. I can say. And it's mm-hmm. not me. Yeah. It is, it has remove ego completely because it has nothing to do with ego. It has everything to do with protection and guides. And, her guide may have been speaking right through me or mine were aware of it. I don't know. I have no Uh idea. I didn't even know what that was called until I started taking classes. Once I retired from the military, I started going to a um, intuitive course here in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. We are lucky to have one. We're lucky to have an individual here that she is very open to sharing and teaching and counseling, because she is a certified counselor, on gifts, people who have gifts, and, and guiding them in how to protect themselves, use the energy, um, get to a higher vibration, understanding what you're working with. You know, she covers all the aspects except the negative ones. She didn't want to focus on any of that. But uh, because of her, I learned that. I have what's called the psychometry. Okay. Um, and I don't know if there, but there's probably a lot of people who are listening to this that watched that show. Uh, the holes are filed. Yeah. With, I know what you're with, talking. And, yes, and, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cindy yeah. Garza yep. on the show does psychometry. It's, it's reading an object and, and getting the history off of it or energy or anything that might be, it's not necessarily an attachment. It's just absorption of energy, like a recording. Yes. Yes. I can, I can do this with, uh, most objects. So rings, jewelry, crystals, rocks, stone, metal, whatever, anything that's really kind of a dense, even wood, wood will absorb energies and maintain it because it's a living thing. So that would explain, would that, would you, I guess, would that explain the pin then? Like how you were able to, her energy, you believe her energy Mm -hmm. was transferred to the pin and then you were able to read that from the pin in a way. Yes. Yeah. I just didn't expect it to shock me. I mean, you can get (laughs) visions from something, but not electrical shock. She was in so much pain. Yeah. And turmoil that she transferred her energy to that pen. And I picked up that recording. Mm. So, so, uh, so yeah. t- t- I explain to me, like, so to this day, do you still like, mm-hmm. if you pick up, because yeah. I've, I've, I've talked about 
like the stone, you know, the stone tape theory and stuff like that, where yes. you can kind of, yeah, yes. well, you could walk into a place that, you know, some bad mm-hmm. stuff has happened and you can kind of like a person like me who is not really in tuned and I just kind of am like a bull in a china shop. Um, <laughs> you can kind of, you know, you can kind of pick up like uh, some bad mojo is here. Right. Yes. Um, yes. So and I'm I've learned I'm learning to read spaces now too. I can walk into a building and see it as it was back mm. in a hundred years ago. I'll tell you where a door used to be, or where a tin ceiling used to be. I'll look up and see it as it was. Really? And you'll read the space. Yeah, I've done it and said, "Where's your tin ceiling?" She goes, "Oh, we we took that down. It was half." It was half. I said it was a brown tin ceiling, not a white tin ceiling. So where is that? She took me down. This is another customer down another set of stores in this old building, and they looked up, and there's a brown tin ceiling. I said, "Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's that's, that's <laughs> goes, the one. I was. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one I was seeing. So, um, so oh my gosh. All right. So tell me, like to this day. All right. So you can, if someone approaches you or even in your everyday life, do you pick up something yeah. and then you kind of have a feeling or is it, I, I'm just trying to understand, like, is it gradual? Oh. Is it like sudden? Is it every it's object? Sudden. Like if you pick up, if you pick up a dyed Mountain Dew can, like I have right here, like, like yeah. tell me how it works. <laughs> okay. Um, now that I'm understanding it more um, and, and I have practiced it more, I've, I've practiced with friends. I had a girlfriend who had a ring. She didn't know where it came from. She goes, it's really pretty. Can you read it for me? And I said, sure, why not? So I went over to her house and uh, sat with the ring in my left hand, which is your receiving hand. It doesn't really matter. Actually, you can pick it up from both sides. Um, but I, I picked up that ring and it was made of, of silver and an opal stone inside of it mm-hmm. and two diamonds on each side. And I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to see her for a second. Got into a relaxed, relaxed space because you got to erase your mind, which I'm very good at <laughs> <laughs> getting rid of all thoughts. I can go blank yeah. real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm sitting there and I'm going, Oh, okay. It's, it, your grandmother's ring, she's sitting right here looking at me. She mm-hmm. wrapped me in a blanket. I felt this warm blanket come around me. I said, she's very nurturing and loving. That's what I'm picking up first thing. She says, it's her ring. It's on your father's side. And I, I don't know anything about her family. I didn't know anything about her father's mother or anything. I... We had just met like two years before, and we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. You know, we mm-hmm. just talked about, you know, girl things. Sure. And I said, uh, okay, she's, she's, I, and I had to invite her in because she was kind of shy. I said, well, come on, you can tell me what you want. And she's like, well, I just wanted to visit. So this was a, re, a real attachment. This was mm-hmm. a real visit because it was intellectually communicating with me. It was going back and forth, or she, I should say, not it. Yeah. She was. Um, and I could see her face. And she's kind of floating above me about 10 feet up. And I'm going, okay, that's cool. And, um, <laughs> and then I all of a sudden get interrupted over to my left side. And it's another woman going, it's mine. She gave it to me, and I went, who are you? <laughs> she goes, I'm her sister. And I went, okay. So I told my girlfriend, I said, your grandmother says, this is her sister over here. Her sister's interrupting. She's going, it's mine. She gave it to me. She's very sassy about it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, she's pretty solid, sure about it, that it needs to go to her daughter. I know nothing about her family. <laughs> I'm going, <laughs> Does she even have a daughter? I'm thinking she she's passed, obviously, because she's communicating with me and arguing with her sister. Now, these two are going back and forth, and I'm watching them argue because the grandmother wants her to have the ring, and the sister is going, no, it's her ring. It's supposed to go to her daughter. I went, okay, I'm explaining this to my friend. I'm going, okay, who who's the daughter of the sister of your father's mom? <laughs> And she, he goes, oh, my gosh, she lives in Colorado. 
I went, really? <laughs> so she says, yeah, she's a, yeah, she's a sculptist. She's an artist. She lives in Colorado. And yeah, that's her daughter. I went, okay, she wants you to give it to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes, okay. Um, I, I said, well, is there any other messages you want to give to this person? And I, I don't want to mention her name. Yeah. And they said, have faith. And I, I looked at her and I said, I know that sounds kind of cliche. Isn't that cliche? She started crying. I went, oh, gosh, here we go again. Because every time I read an object, somebody's going to get emotional. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it touches them. She started crying as she gets up and walks off. I said, I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know. what. What is it? She goes, I'm in between trying to decide whether I should leave my job right now because it's frustrating. I, and I don't have faith in myself that I can pick up another job and do it. Well, Mm. I went, Oh my gosh, they're telling you to have faith in yourself. And she went, no, this is too good. So, (laughs) yeah. Oh, so she's going to do that. Um, because just a few months after that, her mother, and her father moved from Colorado to here so she could be closer to them. And after, and I was a realtor at the time, I just inactivated my license. But anyway, mm-hmm. I was sitting there and they had us over for dinner because I sold them their house. And they're like, oh, this is the house. And like, okay, well, yeah, I know. I saw it, but no furniture, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're going, and my girlfriend told her father the story of the ring and he goes really uh, i said well she's very sweet loving loving person he's he's getting a little teary he goes i got something for you and i just want to see how well you're tuned in mm-hmm. i went okay so here's my quiz he yeah. gets a big photo album i mean this thing is like four inches thick and he flips to the middle of it and it's got a big black and white photo of three women sitting in front row and three men standing behind them outside in the garden with flowers around them. And it's just beautiful. And he goes, okay, which one's my mother? And I said, she's the one in the middle. And he went, Oh my God, they're triplets. Mm. Mm. They were Come triplets. On. Yeah, I know. I said, well, that's her face. Those are her eyes. She's the one in the middle. She says, I'm always the one that sits in the middle. They would always sit in the same order for every photo. Oh. So he he was just blown away and he goes, okay, so which one is the other sister? And I said, she's the one to her left. He went, oh my God. <laughs> he took the book <laughs> away and he was like, I'm not doubting anymore. I'm not doubting anymore. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah, this is my life. This is normal. This yeah, is... I, so how often does this happen? Like, do you like, cause I guess my head is like in the Hollywood theme right now. Like, do you walk around and like, like everything (laughs) you touch, you have to be careful about, or is it like, does it have to have like a real story to it? Um, I always ask permission before I touch anything Mm -hmm. and I, and I'll be given an answer. My, I, I trust in, uh, what we, as in the spirit world and, and mediums, we talk about our guides. We have mm-hmm. guides around us that talk to us. I have one on each shoulder. One on my right shoulder is Paul. He's kind of extraterrestrial, astral-like. Okay. And then the other one that's on my other side, I named him Albert, after Albert Einstein, because I love physics. Mm, okay. Um, okay. It helps me understand why the energy gets absorbed into ob- objects it, because objects themselves are inanimate. They cannot reject energy. They can only absorb it. Mm. So that's how energy gets recorded into a space. Some things are a little better at controlling that energy or holding on to it for longer time, and that's metals, glass, crystals, anything like limestone. Stones are very kinetic with energy. Yeah. You can hold on to it for ages. Um, so what I'm just doing is reading the recording. Some of it is what we call 
uh, you know, in the paranormal world, we say that it's an intelligent energy or it's a residual. So I get two different kinds of energy when I do a reading. I just have to wait for it to come through. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I won't explain all the other ones. I've had more. Oh, my gosh. So how do you feel about having this? Like, I mean, what what are your thoughts? Do you... I don't know, because like, I mean, you could take a couple of different approaches. You could be thankful for it or you could be, you know, gosh, I oh, I, yeah. you know, I, I wish I didn't have this. Well, yeah, I would have to say for a while there be- before taking the classes or while taking the classes and what we call the awakening, when mm-hmm. your energy level and your a vibration starts to raise, that you become more aware you realize there's more out there and and then more stuff starts happening to you and like oh my god i can't handle this <laughs> this yeah. is too much for a year there i had a very hard time just going to the store because i was picking up all of the thoughts and the visions and the family incidences and everybody around me was a recording and i was seeing everything happen through my head it's like a movie yeah, I can explain it in detail, like I'm standing in the space, and it's exhausting. It got to the point where I, my sugar level or blood pressure—I don't know which one it was—would just drop instantly because I had too many things around me trying to get my attention, and I would pass out. Um, so I was like, okay, what? I can't handle this. How do I handle this? What do I do? So that's Mm. when I was taking classes on protection and shielding uh, and putting up a barrier. People call it a bubble. Mine is not a bubble. It is a steel riveted Mm. (laughs) plate with mirrors (laughs) on the outside. (laughs) It is a fortress. You can't get through this. So once I learned how to actually ground that and protect myself when I needed to, I, I can now go into crowds. Yeah. Sometimes I, some crowds can be a little overwhelming, but I, I will step away, re-energize, and then I can go back in. The I know this is in no way making light of it, but it is a, a now I be, being a comic book geek and a comic book movie nerd as I am. Mm-hmm. Like me it, too, totally the comic con. <laughs> yes, it is. It is yes. very much like Superman. You know, like Superman, especially when he's discovering his powers, he is overwhelmed. And then even he has the Fortress of Solitude where he Mm -hmm. can go to be alone with his thoughts. And so so that's that's what I'm imagining. And am I that far off? Like, is that a pretty accurate like? No, that that's a perfect analogy. I love it. That's that's exactly it, because you you do have to learn how to protect yourself because there's like we say in the medium world, we're a light that shines like a beacon to all of the dead and the lost that need assistance. So uh, I kind of figure if I've been given this, it's a gift. uh, It's not a curse. And I need to use it in a positive way. Mm. And if it's helping somebody find peace, that's the gift for them, but I'm only the vessel. That's such a, that's such a great way to look at it. Do, yeah. so I, how do, I guess people seek, do, do people seek you out for this or is it more of a, uh, in passing, like, Hey, I, I had this thought, let me help you out. Or is it people literally look you up and, and come to you and say, Hey, Andrea, um, I'm going yes. through this. Will you help me? Or how did how does the process get initiated? Yeah, it's it's kind of organic right now, and it's mm-hmm. slowly growing as as I work with Valkyrie Paranormal yeah. and the also very gifted ladies in that group. I got to yes. tell you, they're energy workers, empaths, and and another medium, and of course Jerry. She's a mystic. She kind of has it all. She's dealing with it too. I have someone that I can lean on with that. Um, but the the notoriety, I don't necessarily care for it so much. Mm-hmm. I, because 
some people tend to think of it as a party favor. And I'm going, no. Yeah, like a magic show or purpose. something like that, yeah. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to come over and I, I don't sit down and do readings like some intuitives do and charge money. I will not ever sit behind a table and do any of that. It's just, I just can't see myself doing that. So how do I help people? Uh, I think I'm helping souls Yes. Um, in, in that aspect. That's where I should focus on. If somebody has something that needs to be said, it's going to be said. But my, my guides will not let me read anyone unless I'm given permission. Mm-hmm. It's a, one of the rules. We do yeah. have ethics that are involved at being a medium. You don't just come out and start reading somebody. It's rude. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they really, really, really are ready for it. Some mediums may be able to tell that the person needs this. Yeah. I'm not there yet. If they ask me and they say, can you see any of my guides around me? And I say, well, do you give me permission to read you? And then if they say, yes, I give you permission. Boom, it all shows up. They're all around him. And it's like, oh, my gosh, okay, you've got this person. you got this one girl, little girl. She was only uh, 14. She had a wolf. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I was like, oh, geez, wow, big black wolf. I mean, oh he's the def- he was her defender. And I went, damn, he came in <laughs> real quick. Oh. Uh, and I went, okay, why is there a wolf? She goes, oh my gosh, I used to dress up as a wolf when I was a little kid. I have this wolf outfit, dress up and pretend I was a wolf. And I said, so why is it a wolf? And she says, I'm half Native American. I went, oh, yes, he's your spirit animal. That makes sense. Okay, yes, you got to protect her. Yes. Well, I I guess it's it's because it is a very it can be a very personal life changing experience. You know, oh, you literally, yeah. you literally could change the course of someone's life with a little tidbit of information um, yeah. and make them yeah. make, make alter their decision-making. Yeah. The first time I ever, ever read somebody, it was by accident. I had no intention to ever read anyone. Mm-hmm. It just, happened and it blew me away because i did not know i could do it uh, at that time it was it was still developing and um when i was a realtor and i was selling a house just a couple miles away from here actually from where i'm living right now and um we were going in to do the home inspection for the buyer i had the buyer's side and we had the inspector there and me and um the buyer and we're sitting around, he's running all the faucets and turning on the stoves and running all the equipment and the air conditioner. You know, that's what they do running through the motions. And I'm standing in the kitchen waiting for him to get done. And he's walking around with the buyer and the microwave catches on fire. Um, no joke. <laughs> it just melts down, catches on fire. I'm like, Oh my God, if, <laughs> if we don't want this to happen while you're doing a home inspection, <laughs> yeah. rip the door open and put out the fire it had a meltdown literally uh, and so i had to call the other the listing agent and i called him i said hey matt i need you to come over here um yeah your microwave caught on fire and he goes what <laughs> i said he said it's brand new and i went okay that's weird yeah you might want to come over and just record this because we have everyone here right now. They were just testing it for 30 seconds, turned it off. It melted down. <laughs> so he pops over. And he, we're standing there in the kitchen talking. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry this had to happen. He's like, it's no big deal. We'll just get another one. It's under warranty. No big deal. I'm like, okay, cool. He's standing there. And I can see on his watch, he has one of those big digital watches. And it said 333 on it, mm-hmm. the time. Now, for us intuitives, that's a message. I'm like, okay. oh, angel messages. And he goes, what? I went, your, your number on your watch, it's 333. That's a message from angels. And he goes, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm, an, I'm a medium. And he goes, okay. He didn't know how to take it. 
but he, yeah. I could see, I could tell he was interested. He was intrigued. Yeah, he's open to it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he's open to it. I was like, okay, yeah. cool, cool. Uh, I said, well, you know, that means you're you've got angels around you right now. And he goes, really? So do you see any angels around me? And at this point, I hadn't had to have permission. Him asking enough, just like that. Do you see anything around me? Popped up mm-hmm. a face. All right over his right shoulder. I went, oh my goodness, okay. Uh, he says he's your uncle. I, his mouth just dropped open. He couldn't say a word. He was just staring at me. And I said, he said he passed in his 40s, his late 40s. And he's going, oh, geez. And he's just still standing there. I said, so uh, your uncle thinks of you like a son and he went oh my god he says i live with his mother which is his grandma Mm -hmm. um and i went oh okay (sighs) he said that's her son i went okay he says well we yeah he died when he was 49 and i went Okay. I said, did he work with his hands? You know, it was a little bit of with his hands. He says he, he, he loved working a little bit intellectually and with his hands. And he goes, yeah, he was a computer specialist. I went, okay, that's easy enough. Right. Um, and he says, it was very sudden and I got a grip. I felt this grip in my chest, like my heart skipped a beat. And I went, he he had something wrong with his heart, and she go, he goes, oh, geez, Louise, you're you're throwing me over here, because <laughs> I nearly, I I had grabbed my chest, and I was like, he had a problem with his heart. And he goes, well, yeah, okay, here's what happened. It was three years ago. He says they took him in for a routine stint to put a stint in his heart. Mm-hmm. And I went, uh huh. And he goes, and um, it ripped the artery and they tried for five hours trying to get it fixed and save him and they couldn't and mm. i went oh geez i said well he's telling me this now he's, he's saying that he it's not their fault your mother's blaming the doctors and it's not their fault he said it would have happened anyway even if they had fixed him it would have happened later yeah and he goes, holy moly! He says, okay. Uh, he says, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta call my grandma. He went home and told her everything, and he called me back and said, you know what? You just made her year uh, because it brought her peace that mm. there was nothing that could have been done. Mm. So that's that's where that happens, and that's wow. yeah. again bringing. And and I don't like to think of it as me. It's not me. I'm. Yes. It's got to remove that. It has. I, I need to remain humble because once you start allowing your ego to take in, you lose it. Mm-hmm. That's so. It's just. It's um. Just one of those things you got to keep your mind open, your heart open, and just give blessings as much as possible from. Yeah spirit not from me now now this may be um like what and again not to make light of it but mm, that's all right is that is there like a like a distance for you like like i guess what i'm trying to ask is like do you have to be close to the person and oh, no. looking at them, no. or can you like, if someone caught like, all right, like I'm calling you over the podcast, uh, like, can someone, mm-hmm. can you just talk to someone and you pick that up like from a great distance? Uh, not a great distance. No, uh, I have, that one hasn't come through yet. As far as being able to communicate with somebody over the phone and pick up on things. Mm-hmm. I've only, I've only been able to get up to about 200 feet. Okay. Okay. So there is, yeah. so, so you have been able to kind of define a, a bubble yeah. where, where, yeah. where the feelings are stronger. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. there. But, um, 
I, I started feeling what we call energy waves. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's almost like, um, mm, it's, it's kind of like you feeling like you're, you're getting lightheaded and mm-hmm. you're going to pass out, but you don't, you kind of feel just this, it's like somebody pushes you with energy. Yeah. You get, I don't know how to explain it, but it's really weird. Yeah. I had that happen the first time, um, May 19th or May 20th. No, what year was that? 2014. When the May tornado came through here in Oklahoma and it wiped out a schoolyard down in Moore and seven children were killed. Mm. I felt that wave, that pain. And yeah. the way I kind of analogy, I set it out as is, is my, my angels were upset. They were mm. brought to their knees. So they brought me down to my knees as well. Cause I mm-hmm. just collapsed. I was like, what the hell was that? Yeah. So, um, before significant events, I will be hit with an energy wave. Um, the last time a really big one happened and it kind of went halfway through my body was right before it was 12 hours before the Vegas shooting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't tell you where it happens. I can't tell you what's going to happen. I just hit with the energy that is, it's almost like that was the moment of decision. That guy decided he was going to go through with it mm, and that okay. impacted everything around him. It, the chain of events would follow after that. That was, that's where it yes. started. Yes. I'm just starting to make that association because I'm being sure. hit with these things. And I'm like, well, I don't know where this is coming from. I don't, I don't get any visions. I don't get any information, words, nothing. It just gets mm-hmm. hit. And then stuff happens 12 hours later. Gosh. Wow. So I'm still trying to develop on that one because that would be interesting to be able to. Uh, and then maybe I don't. You know what I mean? Yep. I know. Because there's some things you just don't want to know and I That's don't right. want to see it. It's some of those visions that I have are not pretty. They're very emotional. And they, they, uh, sometimes I just have to shake my head like, no, I don't want to see that. I tell them, no, get it, get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a struggle to see some things like that and, and then not, and know that you can't do anything about it. Gosh. I could talk to you. I mean, this could be a six, <laughs> six hour conversation. I know, is, I know, I know. There's so... more, but I, I, I can't go on all day for you. <laughs> Maybe oh, we can gosh, try this is podcast. so <laughs> fascinating. Yes. Well, I yeah. absolutely will let everybody know this listening, how to reach your team. And, mm-hmm. and really, I, I think if someone is listening to what you've described, and they can identify with where you were at early on. Maybe what are some yeah. avenues, you know, do you have any resources for them where if they're just asking for information, they don't know where to start, where could they where could they look? Oh, absolutely. There's lots of places that you can go to, especially right now with all this COVID stuff happening. There's a <laughs> lot of resources that are happening online now where um, you can get online and take classes and uh, the the exact class that I took to get to learn how to focus my energies and my um, and my intuitiveness is is one place that's called Sacred Circle. I'm going to give them a plug. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's run by Patty Stice, and she's amazing. She's beautiful, and it is in Oklahoma City. But you can sign up for her remote online classes and she does have a website and um and it's also on meetup.com okay 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 yeah she's she's great to get you grounded and get you started get you started and and where can they find more information about 
you and the wonderful Jerry and your team of wonderful ladies. Yes, these wonderful ladies, they are all so beautiful and gifted, and we work together as what we say, as Jerry would say, it's magical. <laughs> it is. It's magical. Because um, what we do on Valkyrie Paranormal, and we are Valkyrie Paranormal on Facebook, and we do have a um, phone number that you can sign up for with text. And it will notify you of any events we have. We do live feeds for our investigations. We do rely on our evidence, but we also use our intuitive abilities to be able to listen, see, and hear what others cannot. So mm -hmm. it makes it a little more interesting. Yes. Um, and Valkyrie itself uh, was given to Jerry um, intuitively. So she went with that name, which is mm -hmm. kind of fitting because what we do is we'll go into a space that has an individual in it, maybe trying to get attention. We find out who that individual is and we find out what they want and we mm -hmm. help them. And we have crossed people over. We ask them if they want it. It's important not to force that. It is their choice. Some are lost and scared. And the last one we did was a 17-year-old boy. And he just didn't know what to do. Um, and it was incredible. Jerry gets on the spirit box. Uh, I talk to him. I ask the questions. And I can see where they're at. I can watch them floating above me. <laughs> mm. And then we have... Um, our energy workers who hold the space to make sure that the space is clear and safe for all of us while we do this, because we're going to open doorways. And then we close the doorway after the individual has passed through. Yeah. But we ask them how they want to go. If they want a window, a door, a tunnel, however they choose. And it, to me, it's a religious experience. Mm -hmm. But to the individual that's crossing, it may not be. It may just be a transition for them from one realm to another. So that's yeah. why we like to keep it. Um, if they want a religious a portion of it, I've got all the scripts printed out. I've got everything from Catholic to Protestant to Jewish to um, however they choose. Yeah. Uh, I'm not those, but it's comforting to have that scripture if they want it so we ask them do you just need help crossing do you need help finding the door because yeah. we'll open the door for them and that light that shines through there is intense it will move you to your knees it's it's beautiful and everybody's crying in the room when we're done <laughs> it's because yeah. it's a it's very emotional yeah. Oh, this is fascinating. Well, I listen, I the next I'm going to have you back on and Okay, fantastic. We're, we're <laughs> going to talk we're going to talk cryptids in that episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because yes, this, that would be fantastic. This this is fascinating to me and I absolutely would love to um if our paths ever cross and we're in Oklahoma oh. or you are mm -hmm. you are in Virginia. <laughs> um Oh. Absolutely, let's meet up because this is just fascinating. And again, I could listen to this all all night long. And uh, thank you so much <laughs> for sharing your stories. And just y'all are wonderful yeah. people. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And 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 just follow us on Valkyrie Paranormal on on Facebook, and we've got websites as well. You can find us anywhere. Just Google it. And if you want to contact us for. Uh, mentoring we are not counselors but we sure are good at mentoring the number is 405-237-5533 thank you woody for your time awesome. and oh, please you. let everybody there know if you have a paranormal experience do not face it with fear face it with love love is more powerful than fear if you want to get rid of it be sure to check out our website at hillcityparanormal.com and call our haunted hotline at 701-HAUNTED. That's 701-428-6833.
with your spooky tale. We're dying to hear it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hill City Paranormal.